These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst and best-selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully with understanding, insight, and advice. The topic of trichotillomania has been on the minds of many ever since comedian Amy Schumer revealed she has continued to struggle with it. So today, I am answering a listener's question about her struggle with hair pulling. Trichotillomania is a chronic repetitive hair pulling disorder, which is an often debilitating psychiatric condition that's characterized by recurrent pulling out of one's own hair, leading to hair loss, and as a result, difficulty in social functioning. Although discussed in the medical literature for over a century, trichotillomania was not officially included as a mental health disorder in the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual until 1987, when it was classified as an impulse control disorder. But in the most current edition, trichotillomania is included in the chapter on obsessive compulsive and related disorders with OCD, excoriation disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, and hoarding disorders. The current criteria for diagnosing trichotillomania are first, a recurrent pulling out of one's hair resulting in hair loss. Also, repeated attempts to decrease or stop hair pulling. The hair pulling causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social or work or other important areas of functioning. That the hair pulling or hair loss is not attributable to another medical condition like some sort of dermatologic problem. And the hair pulling is not better explained by the symptoms of another mental disorder. For example, if you see it's a result of the person believing that they have a defect or flaw in their appearance and they need to do this because that would qualify as body dysmorphic disorder. Nationwide studies of trichotillomania are actually kind of lacking, but small studies that examine how common it is among college students, for example, and another one in terms of adolescents in Israel and older adults within the community have found that the rates range from a half a percent to two percent of the entire population, which is actually a fair number of people. In adults, trichotillomania appears to have a large female preponderance. In fact, it's four women for every one man. In childhood, interestingly, it's about equal. But as you grow up, more women suffer than men. And the behavior hair pulling appears to be quite common and often presents along a continuum. So from mild to severe, you may have mild trichotillomania, but you could have very severe as well. And when you have this diagnosis, one should really consider treatment. Typically, this disorder starts at the young age of 10 to 13. And this is true no matter which culture or which place you're located. Pulling the hair can be undertaken at any bodily region that has hair. The scalp is the most common at 72%. 
but followed by eyebrows at 56%, and actually even pubic hair as common as 50% of people who struggle with trichotillomania. Triggers to pull can be sensory, so in other words, the hair's thickness or length or location or physical sensations you have on the scalp might be a trigger. They could be emotional, so some people pull because they feel anxious or bored or tense or angry. Or they could be cognitive, in other words, based on thoughts about your hair or your appearance or some sort of misinterpretation of your environment. Many patients report not being fully aware of their pulling behaviors, at least some of the time. This is known as automatic pulling, as opposed to focused pulling, which in contrast occurs when the patient sees or feels a hair that is just, in their mind, not right, or that the hair feels coarse or irregular or somehow out of place. People with trichotillomania can experience low self-esteem and social anxiety due to their inability to stop pulling and due to the resulting what's called alopecia or patches of no hair. People frequently report failure to pursue job advancement or avoiding of a job interview even because of the pulling. Nearly a third of adults with trichotillomania report a low or very low quality of life. So this is a disorder that has significant impact. It can result in unwanted medical consequences. For example, pulling of hair can lead to skin damage if sharp instruments are used, which sometimes they are, like tweezers or scissors. Over 20% of patients eat the hair after pulling it out, which is called trichophagia, which can result in gastrointestinal obstruction and the formation of intestinal hairballs, called trichobezoars, requiring surgical intervention in extreme cases. Although the course of the illness can vary, when untreated, trichotillomania is commonly a chronic disorder with fluctuations in intensity over time. But for the most part, studies have found that the mean duration of the illness is close to 22 years. Individuals report that the symptoms of their pulling, although they wax and wane in intensity, they do usually persist without treatment. Now, interestingly, most people don't seek treatment. In fact, one study of 1,048 individuals found that only 39.5% had sought treatment from a therapist and only 27.3% sought treatment from a psychiatrist. One reason for this low rate of treatment seems to be that the vast majority of individuals with trichotillomania, as many as 87%, feel that providers don't know enough about the disorder, which really is not correct. Other reasons for non-treatment can include feelings of shame and embarrassment, lack of awareness that hair pulling constitutes a recognized medical condition, and fear of the professional's reaction. Trichotillomania often occurs with a variety of other disorders. So, major depression, anxiety disorders, substance use disorders can often occur together with trichotillomania. Usually, the other disorder started first. Also, many people with trichotillomania report anxiety, 
and depression due to the pulling. So that may occur afterwards. So therapists, when they see a patient, really need to screen for both trichotillomania as well as the secondary manifestation of the behavior if treatment is going to be successful. Interestingly, trichotillomania is often misdiagnosed as obsessive-compulsive disorder. This may partially be because rates of co-occurring OCD are significantly higher in people with trichotillomania, as high as 27%, than those found in the general community. The repetitive motor symptom of hair pulling shares some similarities with the repetitive compulsive rituals in OCD. So this raises the possibility of an underlying common neurobiological pathway for the two disorders. But several lines of evidence suggest that trichotillomania is distinct from OCD. People with trichotillomania are more likely to be female, who also report higher rates of repetitive behavior disorders like skin picking or compulsive nail biting, and are more likely to have a first-degree relative who has skin picking or nail biting. Compulsions in OCD are often driven by intrusive thoughts, but by contrast, hair pulling is rarely driven by those kinds of intrusive thoughts, and it's not part of the diagnostic criteria. Also, while trichotillomania symptoms typically start in early adolescence, OCD usually starts in late adolescence. And in addition, proof that these disorders are different. Treatment approaches should differ. For example, the exposure and response prevention used for OCD and habit reversal used for trichotillomania, with SSRIs, serotonin reuptake inhibitor medication showing efficacy in treating OCD, but not for trichotillomania. Trichotillomania does run in families. So sometimes one person in the family will realize that's what the other person is doing. And many patients describe feelings of relief in response to pulling hair. And so it turns out it can be a way of dealing with negative emotions. So with that, right after the break, we'll get to my listener's question. Welcome back. Let's get to my listener's question and see, how can I help? Dear Dr. Saltz, whenever I wear mascara, I find myself scraping it off over the course of the day and at the same time pulling out some eyelashes. I find it hard to resist doing this. And because I've pulled out some eyelashes, I feel like I need the mascara even more to fill in more thin or bare areas around my eyes. But then I'm caught in this vicious loop of pulling on the mascara lashes and losing more and more lashes. This has been a problem off and on since I'm a teenager, but it's really bothering me. What can I do to stop? Pulling out eyelashes is actually a symptom of trichotillomania. That you have recurrently had this problem since your teens and can't really stop heightens the concern that this is indeed trichotillomania. Trichotillomania is not only pulling out hair on the head, it can be any hair, anywhere, and eyebrows, eyelashes, and even pubic hair are not uncommon. 
even if any one of these areas is the only place that you pull. That you tend to pull mostly when there is mascara on your lashes may simply mean that mascara, which has a rough and thick feeling to it to the touch on your lashes, is serving as a trigger to make you want to pull more. Like other picking disorders, there is often a component of feeling a need to make things smooth or unblemished in some way. And trying to pull off the mascara and subsequently the lash may have to do with the feeling that you need to remove any roughness and get the hair just right, so to speak. Given that this has been with you a long time, it may be that you cannot stop this on your own. But you can first try. I would suggest you need to stop wearing mascara. If it's a clear trigger, which it sounds like it is, avoiding the trigger will allow you to decrease and possibly stop the behavior. Try using an eye pencil to draw a line to fill in around your eyes. Maybe not quite as good, but some method of accomplishing what you want while still not using mascara. Do not have anything coating your remaining lashes. If you are able to not touch your eyes with no mascara, then you may be able to allow your lashes to grow in and not be a mascara user going forward because it will probably always be a trigger. Remembering, trichotillomania is a chronic disorder. But in this instance, be on the lookout for pulling hair in another location because sometimes it can move areas. If this doesn't work, though, you should see a professional who treats this disorder. Most typically, you will start with what is called habit reversal training. This helps you to cue in to what triggers you to start pulling, what feeling happens just before you do pull, and then, in recognizing it, you want to develop what's called a competing behavior which is another behavior that in some ways is like the opposite of the pulling. So for example, clenching your fists in your lap so you essentially can't pull. You practice doing this actively for 30 minutes to an hour per day under the guidance of the professional. Over time, the pulling diminishes. Some people do need medication if the severity is such that habit reversal alone doesn't work. I would advise you to get treatment soon because the longer this goes on, the harder it is to stop and the more effect it has on your life. Treatment is time-limited and often quite effective. I hope that was helpful. As I mentioned earlier, individuals with trichotillomania rarely seek psychological or psychiatric treatment for their condition. Patients avoid seeking treatment due to social embarrassment or due to a belief that their condition is just a a bad habit that is untreatable. But without treatment, response rates in adults are low, as low as 14%. When diagnosed early and appropriately treated, however, 50% or more of individuals experience symptom reduction, at least in the short term. The evidence base for psychotherapy for trichotillomania is small, but suggests that the use of behavioral therapy is the best. Habit reversal is that behavioral therapy, and has sometimes included components of also what's called acceptance and commitment therapy, 
or even dialectical behavior therapy. These have to do with dealing with the emotions that surround the behavior that you're doing. Habit reversal therapy was first developed about 40 years ago by Azrin and Nunn for the treatment of nervous habits and tics. Typically, HRT is conducted on a weekly basis, but higher severity of this order might mean more frequent sessions. It's been shown to benefit many different ways in different numbers of sessions, anywhere from 4 to 22 of usually an hour. The core aspect of habit reversal is including self-monitoring, like asking the patient to track their hair pulling, awareness training, what are they feeling as they're about to pull, competing response training, meaning the behavior you choose to do that's different, something you'll design with the therapist. And this combination that is practiced over periods of time helps to just decrease overall the urge to do it in the first place. It's been shown to benefit with the addition of sometimes other therapies, these emotional therapies I described. It should be delivered in person, but now we've discovered in the pandemic it can be delivered online in teletherapy. It remains the first-line treatment for this kind of disorder. In terms of medication, there are currently no medications that would be universally accepted as the clear first line. And unfortunately, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which work for many things, do not seem to work for this. But there is something called N-acetylcysteine, or NAC, which has demonstrated benefit in a double-blind placebo-controlled study for trichotillomania using a dose of 1,200 milligrams twice a day and giving it approximately nine weeks to work. The good thing is that NAC has generally very mild side effects, which maybe involve only some bloated or gassy feelings. The antipsychotic called olanzapine has also been studied, and it also seems to be effective. It, of course, unfortunately, can have more side effects, for example, metabolic syndrome. And so one should be very careful and judicious and probably only use it if someone's having a really severe case. But keep in mind, trichotillomania is a chronic illness that often results in substantial social dysfunction and can, in rare cases, such as people who eat the hair or even become so distraught that they have thoughts of suicide, create life-threatening medical problems. Control of hair pulling is therefore critical for maintaining long-term health and quality of life. So overall, Begin with a thorough assessment to establish the correct diagnosis. Then make sure that this patient doesn't have any gastrointestinal blockage if they are a person who ingests the hair. Then you would want to talk to them about the treatment risks and benefits and probably begin habit reversal therapy. I would only consider medication if habit reversal therapy isn't working on its own. Do you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at howcanihelp at senecawomen.com. All centers remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to How Can I Help? with me, Dr. Gail Saltz.